shall come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. The one who saved me by his grace When he takes me by the hand And leads me through the promised land What a day, glorious day that will be There'll be no sorrow there No more burdens to bear No more sickness, no pain I shall see, and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be, and what a day that will be when my Jesus. I shall see, and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. Well, tonight is our final service in the month of October, which means eh, we're going to say goodbye to our missions month. And uh, so with that said, I've decided uh, uh, we had, um, wow, okay, somebody was up here scratching the pulpit, I see. Okay, I don't like that a bit. Okay, so let's make sure uh, we keep uh, our family members off the pulpit. Somebody was tap dancing up here, it looks like. Not really, but there is a scratch here, okay? Just want to bring that to your attention. Maybe you can do something about that. I go crazy with stuff like that. But anyway, this is beautiful, by the way. This was made by a couple of our men in the church. It's uh, when we um, put the building together, we literally put the building together with the mindset that the pulpit would be the focal point. And so that when you walk in any of the doors, you can't help but see this. This stands out. And so we thought, or at least I thought, and some of you remember this, I thought that the old pulpit would be up here. And I came up, literally that day, came out that door for our first service. This, it was covered. I didn't even notice it. And then all of a sudden, I realized 
what is going on after they started to, you know, preacher, we got a surprise for you. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is enough a surprise. And man, they unveiled this baby. I think it's probably, in my opinion, one of the nicest pulpits in America. It's heavy duty, it's strong, and it's beautiful. Okay, I guess that's uh, get off the stage, there's something else going on. Okay, so nonetheless, this is our last service. I let Brother Cavanaugh kind of kick things off on a Sunday night, and I wanted Brother Josh to close it down. So Brother Josh is going to come, and he's going to preach our last service on our uh, missions month, and then of course we'll be doing communion following that. Brother Josh. Amen. It's been a good month. There is a scratch there. That is true. But now there's a hole in the stage, so, I mean, that's how it works, right? Yeah. You know, you got to, yeah, your arm's hurting, stub your toe, and you forget about your arm, and I don't know if that's how it works or not around here, but uh, just trying to keep everything nice and even and smooth here. Also, I'm encouraged, um, I'm going to look at my watch, yes, yes, very good. I uh, got uh, my 15,000 steps, my goal is 15,000 steps every day, and I got that just a second ago when I was playing the piano just so everyone knows. I just passed it. 15,000 steps, just playing the piano. That's where it's at, right there. That's all you got to do, all right? So I'm getting my steps in. We'll go above and beyond here with this message. I'll walk back and forth and just really feel good about myself, all right? 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll look at a few verses here, um, see what we can learn from this portion of Scripture uh, to close things down. We've got this month where we have, in fact, emphasized missions, and uh, it's just been a great month altogether, just all the way around. I think of uh, the group that was gathered for the pass out a few weeks back. That's encouraging. That's awesome. Wonderful. The amount of flyers that were passed out uh, for souls that have been saved this month, for the, the extra services that we had the privilege and honor to attend, the great preaching we've heard throughout the month. Uh, it's just been a good month. And, and, and also closing it down here, just excited about this opportunity uh, for the Lord's Supper, taking communion this evening. And that's a blessing as we reflect on God's goodness to us and, and how He has blessed us uh, as a church. And not just with what we see here, but I think about the fact that he died on the cross to save me from my sins. I think about where I would be today. And that's a wonderful thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend some time talking about that tonight. Uh, really, when I put the message together, when I came up with this thought, it wasn't, okay, we've got communion tonight, kind of tie that together. It's just amazing how God works these things out. And we'll get that tonight through the scripture. I don't really have to emphasize that or, or go out of my way, I should say, to be able to bring this to light. I believe the scriptures will do that. We, we think about the cross. We think about what Jesus Christ did for us. And we think of the love of Christ. And I want to talk about the love of Christ tonight. I really want to emphasize that. And I believe with all of my heart that that love that was demonstrated to us on the cross of Calvary, without getting ahead of myself, Looking back there, way back in the distance, I think, and I think back, I look back to the cross, and I see love, love that was demonstrated. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 
Oh, that we as a church, Community Baptist Temple, would never, never get over the love that was demonstrated and the love that is proven to us through Scripture and through life's events day by day. Each and every day I'm reminded of God's goodness, God's grace, God's mercy in my life and the life of my family. I'm so thankful for, for what God means to me, for what this scripture, this book, this passage, this portion of verses that we'll read here means to me. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 14. I'm going to start with these two verses, 14 and 15. And if you could read with me this first phrase, the very first phrase, and I'll, I'll continue on aloud by myself, but if we could read out loud together this very first phrase, here it is, everyone together. For the love of Christ constraineth us. Stop right there. Let's do that one more time. Let's slow that down just a little bit. Slow it down, and I want you really, really to look at those words. I want you to think about those words. Again, everyone together, for the love of Christ constraineth us. Listen here. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Jesus Christ, he left his perfect home in heaven. He died on a cross and he rose again the third day. He is alive and well, we must never forget this. Never forget the price that was paid. Never forget what Christ did for us on the cross. When we think of missions and our responsibility as a church and as Christians, we are to take the gospel and what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross and tell the whole world about it. We have this place right here, Community Baptist Temple, right in the middle of Akron, Ohio, and we should be doing our very best as a church to share Christ with a lost and dying world. We have emphasized missions this month, and we understand the importance and the role that we play, the ability that we have to give to, support missionaries that take the gospel across the globe. Wonderful. It's amazing. And we've had preaching from the get-go, the very first missions-minded service message that was given, we've heard it preached, and it's been clear and concise. And we understand our role and responsibility. And we realize how important it is that we as a church would financially give to missions. To that missionary that's going to a place I cannot go or have not been called to go. But there's something when it comes to missions, when it comes to the sharing of the gospel. My message tonight honestly couldn't get any more simple. And here it is. It's just the Bible. It's this word here. As I continued on to, into verse number 15, there's something that gets in the way of our missions, something that gets in the way of our mission. What we have been called and commanded to do in giving the gospel and it's right here. It's this. Look at it. 
Verse number 15. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. You know what gets in the way of my service? You know what gets in the way of my obedience and I guess even just the desire down deep in my heart to be the Christian that I ought to be, to be the light that I need to be in this dark world, it's me. And it's you, us, flesh. It's not always fun getting up on a cold, rainy Saturday and hitting the road. Knocking the door, but we've been called and commanded to go. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Are we obedient to that call? I want to say that I am. But I realize it goes beyond me just showing up on a Saturday for a go rally and knocking a few doors. Am I the witness that I ought to be throughout the week? Everywhere I go and every person I come in contact with. And you know what keeps me from passing out that gospel track? Me. My flesh. My pride. Because in reality, it is all about me. And that sometimes makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. Not knowing what I'm going to find on the other side of that door. Not knowing how this conversation's going to go. Not knowing what kind of argument they will present. Not knowing how that person at the gas station will respond. It is all about me. The Apostle Paul was seen as a madman. In Acts, the Roman uh, governor, he says, what is it, how does it go? That learning hath made thee, the word he uses is mad, mad. Much learning hath made thee mad. He was seen as, I guess, what we would consider, what we would call a fanatic. You know what the Apostle Paul was? He was all in. Just in on his calling, what God wanted him to do. And I I believe with all of my heart that the Apostle Paul was not simply seen as a madman, a crazy man, just a wild man, a fanatic by Roman governors. But I believe also probably within his own camp, Christians, That guy's just a little over the top, don't you think? Just a little too much. I mean, like, that's all he thinks about. That's all he cares about. That's all he does. He doesn't even have a life. We need our lives. We are selfish. If we were completely honest, we individually, I can be selfish. Self-centered. Self-absorbed. It's about me, myself, and I. And he says that he died for all, verse 15, that they which live should not, they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Jesus died on the cross. He gave his life for me. You know what I can do? I can live for him. 
and I ought to. I ought to live for Christ, the one who died for me. If you are here, you're sitting here and you're not saved. You are here, you're sitting in the service and you're on the fringe, you're on the edge and you're not sure if you're going to sell out, if you're going to live for God. Maybe you're a teenager, maybe you're a young adult and you're just not sure, am I going to am I going to go try to live it up, live for myself a little bit, enjoy life or am I going to serve God? Because it really is that simple. Down deep in our hearts, we believe that we can serve self just a little bit, but still please God with our good deeds. Are you serving God or not? The thought, the main emphasis of my message this evening is from this verse number 14. What's going to keep me from serving self? What's going to keep me from living a life that's just all about me? The Apostle Paul, he says here in verse number 14, for the love of Christ constraineth us. We know through Scripture, and I won't take the time to look at it, we know that the Apostle Paul was not perfect. And we know that he had battles that he faced long after his conversion He warred with sin and he struggled along the way. He says, the love of Christ constraineth us. Can we say this? You see, when I think about this right here in verse number 14, the love of Christ. I want to ask you a question. Did you do anything to receive or to merit, to earn the love of Christ? Well, I, was, I, I lived a rough life, but I've turned things around, and now God can love me. No. No, that's not how it works. You see, we do many times have an inflated view of ourselves, who and what we really are. God loves us. God loves you and he loves me. And God loves that little boy on the bus that smells pretty bad, that wanted to have a push-up contest in the foyer this afternoon, and it smelled really bad. I said, no more push-ups, okay? (laughs) We're done with push-ups today. He loves that little boy. He loves the little girl that you're singing, Jesus loves me on the bus, and she turns it into the most intense beatbox song in the history of the world, banging on the bus walls. She loves, God loves that little girl. We can get frustrated. Would you quit hitting the walls? We can get frustrated. God loves that little girl. You know, many times, see that word constrain? We replace it with one word that's very similar And many of us live this life, we feel not constrained, we feel restrained. Held back. There's too many rules and regulations. I just want to have fun. I just want to enjoy life. We're living for ourselves. The love of Christ constraineth us. What's the difference? 
Aren't they virtually the same thing? Let's look at a couple of verses here. Let's go to the first time, the very first time in Scripture, the word constrain or constrained, constraineth is used in the Bible. Go to 2 Kings chapter 4. Let's look at the first, the very first example that's given in Scripture. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse number 8. Second Kings chapter 4, verse number 8. The very first time we see this word used. Let's look at it here in our Bibles. The Bible says, And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem. Uh, again, Second Kings chapter 4, verse number 8. Where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. Constrained. The love of Christ constraineth me. You see, I'm just like, I feel like I owe Jesus Christ. I do owe Jesus Christ because he died on the cross and he's done so much for me. But we almost feel bound by it because I'm watching my friends and I, I see family members. They, they, they seem to have success in the world and it's just everything's going fine. And I'm just being held back, restrained in this life in which I live, in Christianity, in church. Constrained. Let me ask you a question. This great woman we read about here and the prophet Elisha. If Elisha didn't want bread, was he going to eat the bread? If he was just set, totally set against eating, could this lady force him to... No! And she'd just tie him up and force feed him, you're eating bread! No, that's not happening. Okay? He doesn't have to. You know, it was just... Just last night, I was watching the Ohio State game, and I really, I didn't bring up the Ohio State game to get on Brother Kavanaugh or even my wife, uh, because they're Penn State fans, and they lost, and it's too bad. Ohio State, we knew Ohio State would win, and that's not why I'm bringing this story up at all. I figured I'd mention it while I'm here, though. Why not? All right? So that was great. Side note. But I'm at Grandma's house watching the game. And grandma constrained me to have some chili and macaroni and cheese last night. I couldn't say no. I mean, I did a couple of times. I'm fine, grandma, I'm fine. She wasn't taking no for an answer. And I'm glad because it was really good. I, I, I enjoyed it. Grandma didn't force feed me. She didn't tie me down, stuff it down my throat. No, grandma, ah. Like you do with your little two-year-old, doesn't want to eat. No. No. Just kind of nudge just a little bit. And you know the love of Christ just nudges you a little bit. And, and you're going through life, and okay, it happens to every single one of us. We get a little distracted. We get to live in just a little bit, and we lose sight, like we talked about this morning, teenagers, our purpose, what God wants for us today. And, oh, there it is. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lord. I have gotten pretty busy. And, yeah, 
Thank you for the cross. I don't deserve it. And I've been living for myself. You gave it all. It's there. It's always there. And nobody's taking that away. Amen. No one's taking that cross away. No one will ever take away what Jesus Christ did for me. Amen. I don't care what they do in our public schools. They can take the Ten Commandments out. They can take prayer out. They can take the Bible out. No one's taking away what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross of Calvary. Amen. But I can forget about it every once in a while. I can take it for granted every once in a while. And I start living for myself. And I'm moving around and I'm talking. I'm having a good time. I'm not being that bad. And, oh, and I, there it is again. I saw it. There's the cross. Talked about it there in verse number 15 of our original passage. Jesus Christ, he died for all. He died, was buried, and rose again. The love of Christ constraineth us. Have you ever been tempted? Are you ever tempted? How often are you tempted to live for yourself? It happens all the time. But the love of Christ constraineth us. I could take the time I'm not going to this evening... But I want to, just because when I use the word restrained on purpose, and there's a few verses that I was going to use, and it does point to that exact thought. Okay, this word restrained points to the exact thought that I said and used a moment ago. We feel that we're being held back. Kept from something better. You know how it is. The grass is always greener on the other side, right? It is. It just, it just always appears. It always seems to be that way. And that's the lie of Satan. Look at them. See what you're missing out on? Yeah. Saturdays, the world's living it up and having a good time and they're tailgating and getting ready for college football and you're still out bus visiting and it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. How's that, how's that going? How's that going, Josh? That's what the devil starts talking to you about. <laughs> and if I'm not careful, and if I'm living in the flesh, I start to get a little frustrated with my schedule. I would like to sit down and watch a college football game. The other day I missed Alabama getting beaten. Man, I was upset about that. But in the grand scheme of things, who really cares? I mean, I want to see Alabama get beat. Come on, if you keep up with college football, they never lose. I wanted to watch that. I missed it. Oh, well. So be it. <laughs> no big deal. And I bring that up because we have a bus kid. He's a teenager. He comes in. You see him, Naquan. He comes in in a suit and tie every Sunday. He just got saved a few weeks ago. Sarah and Macy walking down the street doing one more door. One more door on a Saturday afternoon. It's hot and it's late. We could be doing something else. We could be somewhere else. But Macy says, let's do one more door, Mommy. And there comes Naquan in need of salvation. And he's been coming ever since. And there he has that suit and tie and ready for church. 17 years old. Teenagers, they don't want to hear about Jesus anymore. Yes, they do. 
And I'm glad we were out door knocking that day instead of watching some college football because Naquan needed Jesus. The love of Christ constraineth us. We're not being held back. We live the best life. Let's go back to our passage really quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we'll close it down here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse number 14, For the love of Christ constraineth us. The Apostle Paul, he knew about the love of Christ. If there was one who knew about love and mercy and grace, the Apostle Paul... He lived a rough life. But God performed a miracle in Saul's life, later called Paul. And we know all about the miraculous works that were done and all the wonderful verses that have been penned, how God used that man. The love of Christ is very, very important, but there's one more element that I would like to bring to light in the verses that we see here, and I want to back up just a little bit into verse number 6. Look at verse number 6 of, of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The Bible says, Therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Here we are in this, this body, this flesh right here. We just talked about it. It's weak. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak and we make mistakes we mess up we do and there are legitimate physical aches and pains that you deal with you get a little older and it's not as easy all right I'm not quite there yet but I'm told all the time it's right around the corner be here before you know it the aches and the pains Joe tells me all the time because he's a lot older than me all those aches and pains In this life, sometimes we can get a bit burdened down. And we see the cross. We're reminded of the love of Jesus Christ. But the Apostle Paul, there was something, there was an element here. And I believe this element is what turned him into the madman that he was. Verse number seven. For we walk by faith not by sight. You're trying to combat the flesh. I'm sick of this pull, this natural pull of the flesh. If it's not physical pains I'm dealing with, I'm struggling spiritually. It's a constant battle. And quite frankly, I'm just burdened down right now by the flesh. We're constrained by the love of Christ And here's another thing that is so very important. The Apostle Paul didn't live by what he saw to be right, truth, legitimate, but what he had faith in, what was to come. He knew that there was a home in heaven waiting for him. He knew that Jesus was the real deal. And, you know, we talk about Jesus, and we talk about the cross. 
But if we truly believed it was all real, we talk about it all the time. If we could just get that sinner, if they could just see hell for just five seconds, just see what it really is, man, they would be walking the aisle. If we could see hell for what it really is, and we understood that heaven is a real thing and we'll be there someday, what would Saturday go rallies look like? What would a Sunday night crowd look like if we didn't only live by what we saw? He lived by faith, knowing. Look, let's keep reading here. He keeps talking. Again, verse number seven. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Oh, the apostle Paul just wanted to be accepted, not by his peers, not by his friends, but by his Savior and Lord, the one he would stand before one day. Savior, Lord, and judge. For we must all appear, verse number 10, before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. The Apostle Paul was a fanatic, was all in, because he could visualize in his heart that judgment. Standing before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, it's hard. I'm going soul winning. I'm witnessing and sharing the gospel. But am I just spinning my wheels? Am I wasting my time? I'm not. I want to have crowns that I can cast at his feet. But that reality seems so far off and almost non-existent that it doesn't push me to be the Christian that I ought to be. The Christian that I know I should be when I read the Bible. The love of Christ and the faith to know that it's real. It's real. I'm not wasting my time. I'm not spinning my wheels. You come door knocking, you pass out that gospel track, you share the gospel and witness to that neighbor and to that coworker. no matter the response, you just be obedient. You stay faithful. Never quit. Never give up. And if you're on the fringe, you are on the edge. You make it right tonight. Because there it is. Ooh, I, I got a little busy. <laughs> I forgot. It. It's, it's there. It was there all along. I got going, you know, and there it is again. There's the cross. Jesus Christ. He died for me. And he rose again. And I am his child. Am I obedient? Am I faithful? Do I have faith? I know he's there. How do I know he's there? What do we talk about? Answer to prayer? I love experiencing that answer to prayer. It's just a reminder once again. He does hear... You have not because you ask not. We hear it quoted in 
thrown in our face. Well, when's the last time you had an answer to prayer? Because that faith will be strengthened, I promise you. The Apostle Paul had such great faith. He says, I don't care how bad it gets here. I don't care the aches and the pains, the suffering and the burdens that I deal with here in this life, this body, it doesn't end here. I'm going to see Jesus face to face. And that's a reality. And for that reason alone, I'm not living this life for me, myself, and I. Missions. The gospel. God wants to use us, Community Baptist Temple, to bring the light to this dark world in which we live. Whose life am I living? Who am I living for? Me or Christ? The love of Christ constraineth us. Father, we come to you. Lord, we are thankful for your love. Lord, we are thankful that you came and died on a cross to save us sinners. And yet we still fall short. We still go our separate ways and do our own thing live our own lives our own way. Father, I pray that you would help us, convict us, push us, Lord, to do what is necessary, to do what is right. Lord, as a church family, Community Baptist Temple, Father, please, that we would come together in one accord with one heart, one desire. We want to see you do a miracle. We want to see miraculous works here in Akron, Ohio. And we know that you are capable. We know what you are capable of. And I pray that you would use us here that we would be obedient. And like Paul, understanding that this is not a game we play. This is a reality. Father, we love you. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's